My name is Matt Brown. Man out of college. And let's start the show. Now, maybe it's just me, but college was very confusing times. Everybody. The world is a better place because you are here to join us. My name is Matt Brown, and I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. It is Tuesday, March 15th, 2022. All things March Madness is about to be discussed in this episode, and there truly is some madness that is about to take place. So before we get into the madness, before we get into an amazing show with all different guests to discuss the big dance, I just want to remind you to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and YouTube. Don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show on ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com. And don't forget to check us out in the world of social media, we're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast. We're on Twitter at Prod Convo Pod. We're on TikTok at Productive Conversations. So yes, as we are in my apartment, aka my studio here in Jersey City, New Jersey, I just want to say I had a very nice weekend. We celebrated the great William Onchari's birthday. Happy belated birthday, Will doing responsible shenanigans in the city of Hoboken, New Jersey, and then Jersey City, New Jersey. Hung out in the city after that and then went home to Norwalk for the day, or I should say the night. Mom's home-cooked meals, nothing beats it. Nice Sunday dinner with the family, hanging out with the best people around. Watched some of the winning time, Lakers, the uh, show on the Lakers winning time about the primetime Lakers in the 80s, which was really good. Saw that with my pops. Finished Pam and Tommy, and that really turned out to be a great miniseries on Hulu. And then I just did a lot of studying all weekend regarding this, the March Madness Tournament. The 2022 tournament is about to take place with the first four kicking off tonight with Texas A&M, CC, and then Texas Southern. And then the big dance starts for real on Thursday. So it's a very exciting time. I'm in a couple of pools uh, with my group chat, the Great Chubba Army, and then got invited to another one. So you know I love this time of year. I like actually writing out the bracket. I remember the first time I ever did a March Madness bracket, 2004. My dad gave me the paper bracket. He said, fill this out, son. This is the big college basketball tournament. And, um, you know, growing up in Connecticut, UConn was a big deal back then. And they won the national championship in 2004. Players like Emeka Ogafor, Ben Gordon, it was a... Special time, and I haven't missed a, Mar- missed a March Madness since, except obviously with the COVID year. That shit is two years ago now. Um, it's very, very great to do March Madness in a relatively normal year now after the weirdness of the past two years regarding the pandemic. So we're having a full 68 schools participating. We have lots to do and lots to talk about regarding this tournament, and this is how it's going to happen. First, our good friend Ramblin' Russ Miller um, is going to talk for about 10 minutes about the actual bracket itself. He breaks down each region. He breaks down um, 
the matchups coming into it, where he expects to see upsets, where he expects to see teams make deep runs. The segment will then end with Russ giving his picks on the tournament overall and who he thinks will be the national champion and he will also give his final four, obviously. So we thank Russ for giving the time to do this. We really appreciate it. After Russ breaks down the actual bracket itself, I'm bringing two guys on to talk about their brackets with me. And those two guys are one great friend of the show, Alex Renelio. He has done NBA with me. He's done NFL with me. And now he's going to do college basketball with me, men's college basketball. And then we have a new friend joining the show today. Brandon Gutierrez is coming on the show as a newcomer. Him and Alex go way back and Brandon consumes all things college basketball. I think when we initially met, he said that's the only sport he actually follows. So him, Alex, and myself are going to talk all things regarding our bracket, give our final fours, and we'll see who goes out on top. So this is going to be a great show. Kicking it off with Russ Miller, talking about the bracket itself in each region. So why don't we get into that part of the podcast right now. Rambling, Russ Miller, it's your turn. Tell us about the 2022 Men's College Basketball Tournament. Tell us about the bracket, Russ. Here we go. Good afternoon and welcome to Russ Miller's analysis of the 2022 men's final four located taking place this year in New Orleans, Louisiana. It's the run to New Orleans, if you will. And I I, I couldn't be more uh, disappointed with the committee taking nine Big Ten teams, way too many from that conference. In fact, they need to put a rule in if you have a losing record in the conference, you're not eligible for the tournament. I mean, it's ridiculous to take nine teams. Michigan had no business being in this tournament tournament uh, as an example and uh, the team that probably lost out was Texas A&M and I agree with the analysis done by Dick Vitale last night he's posted it actually he can't speak so he's been doing tweets and he's really uh, he's right right on this year with his with his thoughts but let's go to Rutgers because I think Rutgers was the team that really really if anybody should have gotten not have to play a playing game it should have been Rutgers and then Michigan should have been lined up with Notre Dame which would have made for a great rivalry game there um, um, uh, this week prior to the prior to the start of the 64. But in the first four, I do see Rutgers winning. I see Indiana uh, losing to Wyoming. I think Wyoming's going to upset Indiana. I think Wright State is a good pick, and I think Texas A&M Corpus Christi will, will advance on. Um, of those teams, I think the only team that has a legitimate shot to win a couple games or even a few games is the Scarlet Knights of Rutgers, led by, ironically, uh, led by their great coach, Steve Peichel, who's doing a great job there. Uh, they're setting records, winning against unranked opponents five straight times this year. They really deserve the regular bid and not the bid that they got. But uh, I do think Rutgers is going to make some noise. But uh, overall, the Big Ten, not a, not a great conference, not a top-heavy conference, and one where I think you're going to see uh, them, most of these teams, bow out even before the Sweet 16. Uh, when we look at the West region... Uh, no one could look further than Gonzaga. Now, Gonzaga has a great record, but again, the conference they play in always comes back to bite them, and it will this year. I think they're not even going to get by Memphis or Boise in the second round. So I have Gonzaga going out early, not even making the Sweet 16. Uh, I think UConn got a great draw. Number one, they're in Buffalo, where they're going to draw fans, believe it or not, from, from Connecticut to Buffalo. It's not that far a drive, four, five, six-hour ride. And I think UConn and uh, 
uh, is going to get almost a home field advantage, home court advantage on uh, Thursday night. They open up against New Mexico State, led by a guy who's played on five different teams, Teddy Allen. He's been a journeyman college basketball player. He's an excellent player. They have some good players, but UConn just has just has more, much more talent. Their depth, UConn's depth, could come become an issue in this tournament if Jordan Hawkins is not playing for them. As you know, I know UConn pretty well, and I, I do think Connecticut got a good draw, though, as they'll play either Arkansas or Vermont in the second round and should definitely, without question, make the Sweet 16. And if, and if uh, Gonzaga gets knocked out in the second round like I anticipate, UConn could be a deep dark horse to make the Final Four this year. Do not be surprised if UConn makes a deep run in this tournament as a five seed out of the West region. Karma is there. They've done well in the West over the years. Their four championships have come out of the West region. This could be UConn's year to surprise many people in Dan Hurley's fourth season. Look for UConn to at least advance to the Sweet 16. Now, as from a UConn fan's perspective, if they don't get to the Sweet 16 this year, it will be a major disappointment. They lose a lot of players next year. So I look for UConn to make a deep run out of that region. The other team that uh, obviously Duke has has not been playing well down the stretch. They lost to Vatek. They lost to North Carolina in the last week of the season. Those two losses uh, hurt them. Uh, I think Rutgers could come out as well. I think we could be, be, be in for a Rutgers-UConn Elite Eight matchup, which, which would be something else. Now, if Rutgers lays an egg in their first game against Notre Dame, and I had to pick a second team that could come out of there, it would be Michigan State and Tom Izzo. Izzo's a fantastic coach. Um, I think Duke has a little bit more talent, but I think Michigan State could be another team that gets out of there and plays UConn in the Elite Eight matchup. So that's what I see in the West. I don't see any. Uh, I see that West region as the toughest region. When you look at the, the teams, you have Duke, Gonzaga, you have historical good teams, Michigan State, even Davidson uh, is well coached. You, you have Rutgers, you have uh, Arkansas is pretty good, Boise State. I mean, that's a loaded region in the West. When we go to the, uh, the next region, the Eastern region, uh, we see uh, a very you know, top-heavy region. I think the team to watch out for is the four-seed UCLA. They play Akron. They should get by them. Then they would play either St. Mary's or uh, Indiana-Wyoming winner. Uh, again, I think I think uh, uh, UCLA is gonna is gonna be there. I think Baylor will win their first game, uh, and they will go up against uh, North Carolina or Marquette. Watch the winner of that game uh, give Baylor all they can handle in round two. I, I think that will be a classic matchup that Baylor North Carolina. Marquette winner game. That game will be very good to watch. UCLA should should get to the Sweet 16. You give Mick Cronin a week to prepare for Baylor or North Carolina or Marquette and I think UCLA gets to the Elite Eight. Uh, in the Eastern region on the lower side of the bracket, you have Virginia Tech, who is red hot, smoking hot. I'd look for them to continue that, that hot streak. And as they beat Texas, and then they're going as an 11 seed, they're going to beat Purdue. Okay. Purdue is, uh, overrated. The Big Ten is overrated. So I'm going to stay with Virginia Tech to get to the Sweet 16 there. And then on the bottom side, I think Murray State is a 30 and two team and they will get to the Sweet 16. So you will have an 11 against a seven. In the East, that's Murray State against um, 
against Virginia Tech in the East. That's going to be unbelievable. They're going to talk about upsets in the East. I'm going to see a very, very wide open bracket, which opens the door for UCLA, who's a very, very strong team, well coached. I think UCLA gets to the Final Four. So, so far, my Final Four in the West, I'm going to stay with my hometown UConn Huskies. Then in the East, I'm going to go with UCLA. Okay? And then we go out to the... uh, the Midwest. We go out to the Midwest and the South, and we'll get to those in just a moment. As we continue along here in March Madness, uh, we go to the South region where Arizona, playing very good basketball, won their Pac-10 title, won the Pac-10 championship, really rolling at 31-3. and And as I look at their first two games, I see them definitely going to the Sweet 16. That's, that's a lock. Arizona to the Sweet 16. Then we look at the next group of teams, Houston, UAB, Illinois, and Chattanooga. Really a wide open four teams there. I could see any of those four teams making the Sweet 16, but but only to lose to Arizona anyway. If I had to pick a dark horse there, I would go with the mocks of Chattanooga to maybe win a game or two in that in that little uh, in that little quad there. Uh, when we go to the next, uh, the lower side of the bracket, we have uh, Villanova, who is nobody's really talking about Villanova, and they should be. I mean, they have a five-year player in Colin Gillespie. They are a strong team, and they are well coached uh, for the most part, and they will absolutely make the Sweet Sixteen. We are heading for a Villanova Arizona. Elite Eight matchup. Uh, watch out for Tennessee. They could be dangerous. Uh, other than that, I think Colorado State will take out Michigan, who shouldn't even be in the tournament. And uh, that's that's where we are with that. Ohio State, again, overrated. I could see Sister Jean and Loyola Chicago winning that game. So at the end of the day, you're going to see a Nova, Arizona, Elite Eight matchup. And I'll, and I'll hold my, my selection on that game for the last uh, part of my segment here. As we go to the Midwest and we see Kansas, going up against really nobody there. I mean, Creighton Creighton's a good team. They, they might surprise you. But I think Kansas is going to come out of there and build self uh, against Creighton. That'll be a good matchup in the second round to the Sweet 16. I think Kansas wins a close game. Uh, Iowa-Richmond, I think Iowa will beat Richmond. I think Providence will beat South Dakota State. And probably the best Final 32 matchup on the board features Iowa from the Big Ten, Providence from the Big East. Both Providence is the Big East regular season champion. Iowa is the Pac-10. Pac- uh, excuse me, Big Ten tournament champion, an outstanding and tough matchup. I'm so glad UConn wasn't playing Iowa in the second round, but I, I'm going to take the Friars with my heart there uh, to knock off uh, Iowa. But I do think Kansas will then eventually, with a week to prepare, Bill Self gets his team ready, and Bill Self gets to the Elite Eight. As far as LSU-Iowa State goes, you can flip a coin. Wisconsin-Colgate, watch Colgate keep that game very close. USC-Miami. Miami's going to win that game. Uh, very Jim Laranaga is an outstanding tournament coach and will win that game. And Auburn-Jacksonville State, I think that's going to be a shootout with Auburn surviving. Auburn plays Miami. That could be an upset, big upset there with Miami beating Auburn. I would not be shocked. But that Auburn has Jabari Smith. He's a, he's a gamer. Usually the best player on the court wins those type of games. So I'll take Auburn in that game with Bruce Pearl at the helm. All, uh, Bruce Pearl goes up against um, any of those four teams. Bruce Pearl's getting to the Elite Eight. He's probably going to play either Kansas or Providence. And I'm going to go with the Auburn Tigers to make the Final Four. So 
We have a one seed. We have a five seed UConn. We have a four seed UCLA. We have a two seed Auburn. And now we go to the South region. And I think will be the game of the tournament. And I think this game will be unbelievable. Arizona, Villanova. And I think... I think that Jay Wright is going to find a way to to jockey his troops and beat Arizona. So we're going to have two Big East teams in New Orleans. We're going to have Villanova playing uh, Auburn. We're going to have UConn playing UCLA. We're going to have an all-Big East final. And with my heart, says UConn, and my head says Nova. So... I, I mean, I think it's going to be one of those four teams that I just gave you, the final four, will win the national championships the championship this year. Auburn, who's, by the way, was number one most of the year. Villanova, who coasted but won the tournament. Excellent tournament team with this, with this head coach. And they've won championships before, not getting the recognition, even as a two-seed, that they deserve. So Nova, Auburn. Uh, UCLA with Mick Cronin, very good team, and UConn uh, as a sleeper, five seed. Longest uh, seed will be left in the tournament. Uh, And that's not only with my heart, that's with my head. I just think they're they're primed and they're ready and they're going to be excited one game at a time, one weekend at a time, and I think it's going to be an exciting tournament. if there's any teams that are getting overhyped, if, if you notice on my theme, it's really the Big Ten. Nine teams in, and I got to tell you, I think it's going to be very few teams left after the first weekend. So that's that's my overall take on the tournament. It's an exciting time of year. If you love college basketball, you love Thursday, you love Friday because you're getting you're getting 16 ball games each day. 16. 16. You can't get enough basketball. My friends, enjoy. Uh, I look forward to maybe hosting this show after the first round as we break down the Sweet 16. But if not, I want to wish everybody the best. Enjoy the tournament. Get your brackets in. Get your tournament selections in. Have a great time. Enjoy it. If your team's in there, it's it's exciting. You, you not only have to be good, you really have to be somewhat lucky. I think UConn got very lucky with the draw they got. And I'll eat my words if I'm wrong, but I really do think that UConn will be there at the Final Four this season. On that note, enjoy. And uh, Matt, I'm sorry I couldn't be there later. You could edit this part out. Um, But thank you for having me and and thinking of me, and I appreciate it. Bye-bye. How about that? Randlin Russ Miller, thank you so much for giving an incredible segment to this show. In a rare time on the podcast where you actually won't hear me in the segment, I am very satisfied with how Russ handled this part of the show. So thank you, Russ, for taking the time, and we really appreciate what you had to say. We really, really do. So now to the next part of the show where me... Alex Nelio and Brandon Gutierrez are going to talk about our personal brackets. We give our final four. We give our insight on how this whole tournament is going to unfold. And we're going to have a hell of a time doing it. It was a lot of fun. Great job. A great mix of a productive conversation veteran and Alex giving his college basketball take and a newcomer on the block. Brandon Gutierrez, he did a great job as well. So here is me, Brandon, and Alex talking all things March Madness. Let's do it. Alex, it's your turn once again. Brandon, it's your turn for the first time. Let's continue this great episode. Let's get into the madness. Here we go. 
Everybody says that this is the best time of the year. Or I should say that quote is said often. But I'd like to think that March, as the spring is about to begin, and we're officially in the month of March, I think this time of year really competes for that. So having said that, we're here to talk all things March Madness. The big dance starts this Thursday. Technically, the first four starts today. And... This is a special time of year for a reason. So let's get into the madness, productive conversations, March Madness show. And who I have and who do I have with me today? Good friend of the show, Alex Ranelio, now transitioning from the NBA to the NFL and now men's college basketball. Great to have you once again, Alex. Great to be back, fam. Happy to talk some March Madness. Absolutely. And now we have a new kid on the block. For the first time making his debut on this show with the suggestion of Alex. And I'm very, very excited to have him on the show. I feel a great vibe already. And I heard he knows a thing or two regarding the men's college basketball game. For the first time ever, Brandon Gutierrez comes on the show. Brandon, what's going on? Hey, thanks for having me on. I'm super excited. Love college basketball. It's my life. The guru. Yeah. Oh, yeah. College basketball. The guru of college basketball, Brandon. It's so good to see you. So just quick things as a first timer here. How how have you been? How'd you get into college basketball? What uh, brings you here for it? Uh, Let's see. I I got into college basketball, I would say, maybe five, six years ago. Maybe longer than that now. We'll say at the golden age of UConn basketball Mm -hmm. when... Uh, Coach Calhoun was the men's basketball team, and they went on some of the greatest uh, victories of all time. And, and we talk about them till today, uh, you know, with the, you know, Kemba Walker, you know, uh, uh, Boatwright, just so many great people playing for that team. It just it sparked my love for UConn, and then that just it pretty much expanded to the whole entire NCAA Division One basketball college and since then i just it's been a yearly thing where i just i just keep up with it and i just love watching just become an avid fan seeing you know the young talent before they reach the nba and uh you know become all-stars if they do all right love that story and alex i assume the same thing for you as you have a hand in a lot of things college basketball on top of it is the same similar story, just loving UConn and, you know, seeing players develop until they make it into the show of the NBA? Yeah, man. Um, pretty much kind of the same story um, as Brandon uh, kind of did, like, the Chapter 1 version starting back, you know, 2004, 1999, 2001. Those great teams with uh, Mecca Okafor and Ben Gordon, Charlie V, all the way up to Rudy Gay, and then you have that little dry spell in between in the middle 2000s, and then they kind of return to glory back, like what Brandon said, with, uh, with Kemba and Shabazz and Bolt Wright, um, all those great teams culminating towards the end with Kevin Ali on it before his way out. So, yeah, they're back in business. Um, they're looking hot again, and coming back to the Big East is definitely a huge catalyst for the recruiting classes. So we're going to be up there in the top 25 for years to come all things considered. So I'm real happy. I'm really excited to be back in the college basketball and uh, um, watching it more, more regularly. And I'm excited. 
Excellent stuff. Great stories from the both of you. So I think this tournament in particular is a really special one as it is the first tournament where things feel relatively normal in this pandemic world. Obviously, 2020, they outright canceled the tournament. 2021, we did have a tournament, but still people were just getting the vaccine at the time. I don't even think that there was full crowds. I mean, there were some, but not full crowds in the 2021 tournament. But that brings us here. March 2022, I think it's a good two years since um, all the insane madness that took place with this pandemic and everything. And it's nice for once as COVID, I like to think, is on its way out or at least in a more controlled state. Now we can go back to our normal lives. And I think the March Madness Tournament is a good way to start that. So the way this tur- this um, show is going to unfold. Now, I do trust our abilities of our guys here to break down all 68 schools, but that would be very long and um, (laughs) it would be uh, a bore at some point. But again, (laughs) I figured we're fans. We know we're talking about, I think the best way to do this kind of show is to present our brackets talk about our final four in particular and talk about how our teams got there. So I think if you guys are down with that, why don't we get into it right here, right now? So we'll start with the West region. Okay. So basically tell me where you have teams like Gonzaga and UConn and Arkansas, Bama, Texas tech, Michigan state. Tell me how, who from this region is in the final four. I'll start with Brandon here to show that talent he has of analyzing college basketball. Then we'll go with Alex and me. And in this region, if you have any upsets to mention as well, we'd love to hear it. So tell me about the West region first and where do you think the, uh, who do you think will be representing the West region in the final four? Uh, I definitely, I, in, in a picture perfect world as a UConn fan, I would say <laughs> UConn will go. <laughs> but I, you know, UConn at this point in time still has some things they need to work on. And with the road they have coming, I definitely think Gonzaga is going to take the West. I think it's one of the stronger um, sides of the bracket. There's just a lot of teams that have been doing well in the last month and a half. Right. Uh, or even in the last, you know, the the tournaments like the uh, Big East or even you know the Big Ten. Uh, I mean, like the SEC. There's just so many teams that did well in the tournament that can make a great upset going into it. I think like teams like Arkansas is like a, a throw in the air. Arkansas is a really good team, has great offense, um, even better defense, and you know that's like a big team to look out for. Texas Tech. Uh, in the last month have been showing like great success. They did. They played okay in the tournament. They're coming in with the third seed. I think they're, you know, there's a big upset that, uh, you know, depending if they play Duke uh, and how Duke comes to the table, you know, Duke in the last few games have been looking great. You know, the last game of the season, the regular season of the conference season, they went out on a loss. They came back into the tournament played well in the first round, I'm pretty sure, and then they ended up losing out in the semifinals. So I think there's a, a lot of questions with consistency. It's a younger roster. You know, can they handle the pressure? 
of playing against like big teams like Texas Tech or even Michigan State, uh, which they, you know, it's definitely an option in the second round that they have to beat. Excellent insight right there. I do agree, especially as one of the stronger regions, if not the strongest. Alex, do you feel the same way? And who is making a deep run from this side of the bracket? Yeah, I totally agree. I think this is definitely the heaviest side of the bracket of the four quadrants. Um, I think I had uh, Gonzaga and Duke, you know, in the Elite Eight leading up to the Final Four, but I actually had Duke prevailing. I just think it's one of those, um, you know, magical years. You know, Coach K's on his way out. Those kids are going to play as hard as they possibly can for him. Um, I think Zaga is probably the preemptive favorite, but the game I saw against St. Mary's, um, even the game against University of San Francisco, they, there's definitely some weaknesses in their armor. So I could see them having a tough time, especially if Holmgren gets in foul trouble early or they start dibble, uh, doubling Drew Timmy on the block, um, forcing turnovers. I don't think that uh, front court for Gonzaga is nearly as strong as Duke or um, even UConn for that matter. UConn's very long on the perimeter, so I think that they could um, cause problems. And in the end, I just think that um, this comes down to the will of the players in the, in the tournament, how well, how strong, and how hard they can play for their coaches. And I like Duke's chances against Gonzaga in the uh, Elite Eight. Okay, okay. Another great insight from the great Alex Ranelio. And here's where I see things going. I do see Gonzaga being the team that makes it all the way to the final four. And simply, um, which I think historically, especially this era, uh, Gonzaga's had a hard time. I think it's their year. Now they only went five and three against ranked opponents, but obviously things change when this tournament, that's what's so great about it. And for a team that's incredible shooting and rebounding and a good defensive team, I think they could pull it off. And probably my big upset from this side of the bracket, I have Duke getting knocked out in the round of 32. I think Davidson wow. specifically are going to end it simply because this Duke team has not won the big game. They could not finish out in the ACC, obviously losing Coach K's final game in his home court is bad. I don't see this team I think this team is sadly going to end <laughs> tragically for Coach K's career, and that's where I see it pull off. And I also want to say I think Davidson can actually beat Michigan State as well and have a run to the Sweet 16, and then they'll fall against um, Texas Tech. Michigan State has lost some terrible games in the recent tournaments with Tom Izzo, and sometimes he, it's even caused him to hit his own players and get mad. But that's where I see yeah. things fall in there. I do have support for our UConn Huskies making it to the Sweet 16. Even look promising, even though they, they had a tough out in the Big East. They were looking really good in that tournament throughout. But I see Gonzaga being the one who holds it down once and for all. And also Texas Tech will be yep. a uh, big factor here. I picked them going as far as the Elite Eight. So let's go down a bunch to the East, the Eastern region where you have teams like Purdue and UCLA, North Carolina, uh, reigning champs and Baylor's there, Marquette. Brandon, I'm going to toss it over to you again. What do you like about okay. the West region, and who do you think will represent them in the Final Four? Uh, definitely going Kentucky. I think Kentucky came into the tournament with the second overall, I think the 
Yeah, the second seed. I think Baylor got lucky. I think Baylor, towards the end of the year, is starting to look a little bit uh, shaky. I think we have to look out for Baylor in the news with one of their star players. Uh, not remembering his name off the top of my head, but he is supposedly injured and doesn't look to be playing in the tournament. So, you know, that's big things. Are they going to, you know, they're coming into it. And then in the top, I think round 32, they have a chance of going against uh, North Carolina, which is, you know, a team that's established themselves to be one of the bigger teams in the March Madness and always usually makes it not, you know, pretty far. So, you know, there's a lot of scary things. You also have UCLA that they have the chance to go up against. And I'm really excited to see that UCLA team play. I think they played amazing uh, in the last month. I think that they can definitely upset a lot of teams. They have a chance to make it to the Elite Eight, but it really depends on how Baylor can play and if they can, uh, you know, pull out uh, some big wins. Um, Another thing is, you know, I think Kentucky, they just haven't, a great roster, you know, they are like leading right now in uh, offensive rebounds. So like they, they can get the ball. They have a big team, great guards on that team. So I think in towards the bottom of the bracket, they have the easier road. I think they have some fight with Murray state, but in the end, I think they'll take it. Uh, and I don't think Purdue is, has shown anything amazing or, you know, crazy to tell me that they're going to make it to the elite eight. Uh, so I definitely, I definitely think Kentucky is going to come up big and, and, and make it all the way to the final four. I feel the same way, Brandon. I think Kentucky, this is another really good Tar Heel team that also is incredible on the uh, defensive side of the ball, or the ball, football, sorry, playing defense. And, um, especially they're really good at secondary points. You mentioned in the uh, offensive rebounds and that's key. Also a very good free throw team. Usually the school that can make their free throws historically are the ones that usually make deep runs. And for a team that averages 73% as an entire team, that's something very promising for the Tar Heels. And I also see UCLA making a deep run going for as far as the elite eight um, looked incredible in the Pac-12 tournament. Um, I like the combo with Juzanga and Jacquez coming in. I think they can be pros at it. And UCLA, for a team that had a heartbreaking loss in the Final Four last year, can maybe make themselves um, – may, they might have an incredible comeback story after the fact. So we're both the, for the Tar Heels in this region, Alex. Are you the same way or you have an, another idea? Well, the only I, I see this as the most straightforward, uh, predictable part of the bracket. The only upset I have in the first round is actually I got Marquette over North Carolina. Mm. Uh, That's a good match. Yeah, I think I think that's just a kind of an ugly matchup for both. For both, I think it's going to be kind of grueling. Um, and then you know you got a you got a new head coach in there replacing Roy Williams. I think it, you know you're going to have a little bit of cold shakiness going into the tournament for the first time. Um, I actually have te- um, I have Texas and Baylor in the Elite Eight on this part of the bracket, and I got okay. Baylor prevailing um, just slightly. I know they got their issues, and um, you know that'll be another discussion on. Um, I ah, God, what is his name? I'm blanking too, but I think it's the rook. It's the uh, talk about the, the center. Yeah, really hard name to pronounce. Jonathan Tchwama Techecho. 
I'm so sorry if I definitely um, botched that, but but we'll go with Jonathan, Jonathan, the center, (laughs) big Johnny. No, um, (laughs) I mean, he's, he's definitely an enforcer, but I've watched the games during the big 12 and the game against Kansas. Um, He's an enforcer, but he's not going to stagnate the offense and his loss in the roster um, for the tournament. I like UCLA. I think there's a tough, matchup with St. Mary's um, in the round of 32. So that's going to be an issue. Um, we saw how difficult, how tough St. Mary's played uh, um, Gonzaga in those two games this year. And I, I don't know. I just, I like te- Texas's momentum. I like their new coach coming over from Texas tech. I think he's got a lot of guts. Um, really players play for him really strong. Um, I have actually Murray State beating um, Kentucky in the second round. Um, I think Kentucky is uh, – I don't deny mm. any of what you guys made. You made very great, valid points. Uh, I think Murray State's just hot. I think they're underrated when teams kind of get disrespected that have big win columns in the regular season, and I think they're coming out hungry. And I think that them against Texas will probably be – the stronger part of this part of the bracket in the East. So I got Texas and Baylor in the elite eight and I got Baylor just winning slightly out. Yeah. I wonder if Murray state can uh, make some better claims. That's the school of John Morant, right? Yes. And Uh, yeah. And they're on a 20 game winning streak, as you said. So maybe if they keep this up, they could get into a better conference. And you got to remember No, I was just going to say that's like the biggest question we come into the March Madness is definitely the conference, but they're playing, I think it's the Ohio Valley Conference. There's no really huge competition there, so it'd be hard to match Murray State up against some of the bigger teams in the, you know, in the, in the bigger conferences like the Pac-12, you know, the SEC, you know, uh, the Big East some of those, you know, coming out with those grueling conferences, you know, we don't know how they're going to match up against a team like that. So does that bring any concern out? Yeah. I was just going to say, um, the, the one thing that really is like a shining beacon that's always tried and true in the tournament is great, great backcourt guard play. Um, uh, savvy guard play in the uh, in the tournament, and I think that Murray State not only has it, and KJ Williams is just a monster, eighteen and eight on the year. Like he's going to be a reliable guy going forward in the tournament. Um, I just think that when schools um, they have a chip on their shoulder more when they get either disrespected or disregarded by the press, and I think that Murray State's going to have a little bit of that, especially teeing off against Kentucky. And you got to remember too that Calipari's had a lot of issues in the tournament in recent years as well. Mm-hmm. All right, valid points across the board there. So going to the South Conference with teams like Arizona and Seton Hall, Houston, Illinois, Michigan, Tennessee, and Ohio State, uh, Loyola, Loyola, Chicago, for instance, to name some of the things. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, so with this, I'll start with this. I'm a big fan of Arizona. A young, big team, huge (laughs) on the boards. They won their conference in the Pac-12. People worry about their experience, but I see a team that has so much potential. Brandon, you're showing some emotion for those watching the video aspect. What do you say? Are you also um, with me on this? I'm a a huge Arizona fan this year. They have played outstanding basketball. They 
have not once yet to not shock me. You know, they played great in their conference. They played great in the tournament. And I, I don't see a team that has been as consistent as them this year, other than like, you know, you could say maybe like a Gonzaga, but Arizona just looks like they, they know what they need to do. I think they're going to come into the tournament and just, you know, have a, a breeze getting all the way to the, the final four. All right. Now, Alex, do you feel, do you believe in the Wildcats as well? Or where do you see your, your um, West region, uh, sorry, South region going? Yeah, so in the South region, I, I completely agree with you guys. I think they're the best team all year, um, even better than Gonzaga, just because they can win a multitude of ways. They have a strong backcourt. They have dominant presence inside. Um, they've been staggering on defense all year. They play great in um, in conference basketball in the Pac-12. Uh, I think they're the most complete team on the board, honestly. Um, I have um, Houston lining up with them in the Sweet 16, but I don't think it'll be much of a contest. Um, at the bottom of the bracket, I actually have in the Sweet 16, I have Tennessee versus Villanova. I'm really hot on Tennessee. I've been following them all year. I think they got snubbed being um, being a three seed. I thought they could have been a two seed easily, but um, I think they're going to come out hot. They're going to be passionate. Um, so I see them. I, I see them playing. You know, playing a pretty solid tournament run until they hit Arizona, but I don't think it's going to be close. I think Arizona is clear, clearly far and away the best team in the, in the country. All right. All right. You know, some of the other upsets I have also included here, I actually say Loyola knocks out. Yeah. Guys, I, <laughs> I really have a good feeling there. I also think yeah, the can make team. a deep run and, I mean, they looked really incredible in the Big East, but I do think Arizona would be the one to knock them out in the lead eight. For a solid, just random bust, I picked UAB to get over Houston, even really? though people um, – this is solely on judgment. But, um, you know, UAB did win the CUSA conference. I know people are a big fan of Jordan Walker. People think he might be – a somebody who can make the NBA um, stellar offense that knows how to create uh, turnovers on the defensive side. And I just uh, solely doing this on pure, <laughs> uh, pure, uh, what's the word I'm looking for impulse. And we'll see if that actually pans out. Um, do you have any other upsets from this side of the bracket, Brandon? Uh, a key match that I was looking at that I ended up taking Seton Hall with, I think the Seton Hall TCU match is probably one of the most equal matches and like matchups. They both have decent, uh, decent offense. Uh, they're okay on defense. I think it's, it's really going to come down to, you know, their shooters is Seton Hall shooters going to be on that day. Um, I was watching, I think uh, one of the other broadcasts, they were talking about March Madness and, the one key point they were talking about was uh, it, it, it's going to be a match to see who can hit like 50 points first. Cause they are, both of these teams are like middle of the pack teams in their conference. They are definitely a team that can make an upset if they play really well. Um, I just think that seeing hall has over TCU just a little bit, um, but we'll see, you know, I could be definitely completely wrong about that. And I also feel Houston was kind of, how Alex felt um, 
Tennessee should have got a lower seed. I felt like Houston was slightly disrespected. I think Houston comes into every tournament uh, coming out as being one of the top teams in their conference. I know it's not one of the best conferences we're talking about uh, being the AAC where the UConn had recently just came from. You know, they're not known to be some of the stronger teams in their, in their conference, but I think Houston just continues every year to, you know, come into this tournament and make – somewhat of an appearance and I think Houston have a great chance of making it to the Sweet 16 and and actually getting knocked out by Arizona. I just don't think Houston has that much firepower. Um, And I also agree, Loyola, I think Loyola is going to make it to the top 32, but I just think that Villanova has that clutch factor that we all know and at the end of the game, you know, they have one of the best guards um, in the country, in my opinion, that just can do anything on the floor, whether you need him to be an assist king or you need him to get points for you, he can do it. So, yeah, Colin Gillespie was a beast um, in the tournament. And he has the composure for the tournament. Yeah. He's, he's already seen the tournament before. He knows what to expect. And I think he's just a great leader for that roster. I think he's got that clutch gene because he looks like Tim Tebow's son. <laughs> 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 let's see if that faith leads them to anything good so the the final um the final region the midwest one with schools like kansas and Creighton, the very hot iowa team in providence lsu wisconsin du auburn this is kind of for me personally the most difficult one to decide and pan out And it's probably going to be my most risky pick because so many people either love this school or they think they're a big phony. And for me, I think Auburn, even though they lost in the first round of the SEC tournament, I think if things go in the right direction, this is a very fast and dynamic team. Huge on defense, especially creating turnovers. Jabari Smith could be a top five pick in the draft in a uh, couple months. And uh, even though they are young and lack a lot of experience, when things do work out, that team is very hard to keep up with. And that's probably going to be my most risky pick and probably another team of people like. And the fifth getting a fifth seed is definitely undermining them is Iowa, who was stellar in their conference tournament. Uh, They're one of the top five offenses in the entire league. So many scores in particular as well. And even with plenty of shooters and Keegan Murray is their big player as well. I think Iowa can make a deep run, but I um, expect Auburn's Tigers to uh, make the upset there. Well, well, it's not an upset, but I do think that they can uh, pull it off. I really see that. And another, one other big upset I have here, I think South Dakota State can knock out Providence. One, because one of my favorites, Mike Francesa, gives him a lot of praise and almost <laughs> the opposite of what he says usually happens. <laughs> and um, that's where I see this is going, simply because Big Mike decided that he's going to curse him. I'm simply going on that. <laughs> and if anything, from the little research I have for South Dakota State, 
I mean, people love, they also had a big win streak at division one in their conference. People like the two guards in Sherman and easily. Um, apparently they are undefeated at halftime and, you know, why not keep the streak going? And they're 30 and four. So this is a clearly a good team coming out of the summit league, but um, that's all I see them going because then they would play Iowa. And I think Iowa would uh, knock them out, but I think it'd be a close game. So I'll start with Renelio on this one, the Midwest conference. What do you see? Oh man, this, this, uh, this division's fucked up. Um, I got, well, I got three upsets in the, in this part of the bracket. I got Creighton upsetting San Diego state. I don't know if that's necessarily uh, a, uh, an upset with an eight, nine, but I got Iowa state upsetting LSU and mm. I got I me mean, upsetting USC. I know that's very unpopular, but um, no, I mean, I had by the elite eight, I I'm all in on the hype on Iowa. I got them facing off against Wisconsin. Um, I've been a huge fan of Wisconsin all year. I think they're battle tested and I'm not just saying that to troll Juwan Howard, but I just think that they're um, they got a lot of good things going. They got the right recipe to win. Um, they've had a lot of tournament success in the past, even with Bo Ryan. Um, Iowa has the bodies. They got all the, they got all the athleticism. I like the momentum that they're bringing into the tournament, um, especially after their success in their, in their conference ter- tournament. Um, but I think ultimately Wisconsin's going to prevail and face off against Arizona. Um, I have, I have Iowa and Providence. That was kind of a toss up for me because I think I, I don't buy the San Diego state uh, theory. I think that Providence is going to roll them. And I think that Iowa Providence will probably be the best game in the second round in this part of the division. And then Miami Auburn is going to be tough. I got Auburn slightly edging out Miami and I have them playing Wisconsin in the sweet 16. I think that's going to be probably the best, the absolute best six sweet 16 matchup out of the entire black bracket. Honestly, Um, I think it's the most compelling matchup. So I'm excited to see this part of the bracket. I think this is probably the most unknown part of the bracket and um, yeah, Wisconsin looks just completely formidable for me though. Sweet, sweet. I like what I'm hearing. Brandon, I'm sure I like what I hear from you on this side of the bracket as well. How do you feel about the Midwest region? Uh, so I there was a lot of upsets in this region, but Ooh. I am agreeing with you, one, on the Auburn team. Um, I think Bruce Pearl, their head coach, is a great coach. I watched an interview with him last night. He was talking about, you know, looking into the tournament. And I think that he's a great coach. He has a great staff, you know, uh, like great roster to coach. I think they're going to come out and and definitely make a run all the way to the final four. Um, I think they're a young team. And, you know, the one thing he preaches is that defense travels and that, you know, offense can be there when it needs to be. But as long as you have a great defense, you can definitely win games. And I agree with him on that. I think defense can win, you know, is the key factor to win a lot of these games in the tournament and uh, shut down a lot of these uh, high-scoring teams. Um, another upset I had was, I th- well, key match I have is Creighton. I definitely think Creighton will make it to the top 32. Young team, they played absolutely phenomenal in the Big East tournament. 
upsetting the number one seed Providence and actually blowing them out. Um, mm. But then ended up losing against, you know, Villanova. So I definitely think that young team with a lot of young talent will make it to that 30, the top 32. But I just think Kansas is just stacked with a bunch of uh, older players, seniors that will just, you know, that have that experience and will in the end uh, beat that, that younger squad. I also was impressed with uh, Iowa. I think that Iowa makes it to the Elite Eight and ends up losing to Auburn. I think Iowa has great young guards. I think that they can make a run with no problem, and I could be wrong about the Auburn game. Iowa has been showing nothing but great skill, and in the past, uh, in the past tournament, they played very well. You know, I don't watch that team very often, but from what I saw and researched, they have looked really great. I think the one team I think that is being uh, looked to uh, as being too good is definitely Providence in my eyes. I think Providence had a lucky year. I don't think that Providence will be able to repeat this in the following year in the Big East. I think that they had a great starting off of the year in conference play, and they played a lot of the top teams uh, when we were going through injuries. UConn, uh, early in the year, we had Tenovo on the bench. We had... RJ on the bench at one point. So we were pretty much playing a lot of our second, you know, secondary players and they, you know, they won a lot of, you know, a couple games off because of that. And same thing goes for Villanova and uh, I think Creighton. Um, I definitely think we have to watch out for the Wisconsin. I think they're kind of like a, a stealthy, like hidden in there, like that C3. I think they can make a run. I think it really comes off of, you know, how they do against LSU uh, and then play against Auburn. But just Auburn looks super strong, and I think they're going to take Midwest with no problem. Huge thumbs up there. So that will complete our region. So if you guys can remind me, Brandon, your final four is? Gonzaga in the West, Kentucky in the East, Arizona in the South, and Auburn in the Midwest. Okay. Yes, I did pretty much the same thing. Gonzaga and Kentucky for the West and East. Arizona and Auburn representing the South and Midwest. Those are my final four. And um, Alex, can you remind us one more time your final four again? <laughs> Man, that looks way different than you guys. I got Duke out of the West and Baylor in the East. I got Arizona in the South and Wisconsin in the Midwest. Okay, okay. So we'll start with... Uh, the ones who have the same idea with me and Brandon. So Brandon, for me, I decided that Gonzaga will defeat Kentucky in the final four on account of them, their incredible shooting, rebounding and defending and uh, their defense. I think it'd be good enough to stop a Kentucky team that really does impress me. And then I have Arizona taking over for Auburn Again, with a young and big team, huge on the board, especially. I do think for a team, for two teams that people say they both lack experience, I think the Arizona team can look a little more mature, especially in a game that has bigger, that is more size than the Auburn team. I think that's really essential in the college game, especially. Not everybody is Seth Curry yet at that um, era. So I, I think an aggressive team that goes off the board and drives the basket is going to have Arizona lead the, um, it's going to have Arizona play in the championship. 
Are we on the same page or are we different? So everything, I have everything right except for the Gonzaga in Kentucky. I just, I feel Kentucky are going to really impress out of the East. I think they're going to be able to beat Gonzaga. Mm -hmm. I think it'll be a close game. I just think those young guards are just going to take over. And I think, you know, Kentucky uh, in that clutch factor is just going to come through and beat them. Okay, so your final will be Gonzaga. Sorry, your final will be Kentucky versus Arizona. Who do you think is going to be the championship in that matchup? Arizona. I the think Arizona is just yep. Arizona. I think they can. You know, they played outstanding basketball this year, and I think they deserve and uh, uh, proved to be one of the best teams in the country. And uh, yeah, I think Arizona has it. I think Arizona's too complete as a team and as a roster to be able to, you know, for any team to really come close to them. Really? And what do you think could be a big weakness of Kentucky for Kentucky in that matchup in particular? What do you think they would lack against that big, powerful uh, Wildcat team? I think we, we and in Kentucky, we got to look at the guards, you know, we got to think, are they going to play consistent? Uh, there's one guard in specific. I want to, uh, I forget his name. Let me, I got it right here. You good. Uh, uh, what was it? Kel, uh, Kellen Grady. I think mm-hmm. you know, he has to play big this tournament. You know, he's that, that third guard kind of player that needs to put up, you know, double digits for them. I think they can't rely on Oscar. They're uh, full, you know, they're down low center forward player. We don't want him to have to have all that weight on him. I think Ty Washington will have a great standard game. You know, he's played well all season. I just don't think it's enough scoring power to be able to take on uh, the Arizona team. All right. I like that insight as we do have the same final four. I actually think Gonzaga would take the game over Kentucky. And again, I think Arizona would be Auburn as mentioned. And I think Gonzaga, this will finally be the team that gets over the hump. They were also close last year and this team stayed relatively the same from a year ago. I just think a more experienced team, that is very dynamic in all aspects of the game of basketball will finally bring good news to the world of Gonzaga fans. <laughs> so Alex, for somebody who looks at things differently than us in this case, which I do encourage. Always the case. <laughs> who's going where? So your first matchup, you had Baylor and um, remind me one more time, Baylor and Duke. Who's yep. going to win in that game? Um, I I got this coming down to the wire. I think this is going to be a really tight one. I got Baylor winning out um, right at the end. Uh, I I think I have more faith in this team than the general populace because um, it's mostly the same roster from the championship team, but mm-hmm. I think that they've been battle tested throughout the year, playing in a tough conference. Um, you know, overcoming you know, the odds against Kansas in the regular season, having their battles with Texas. I think they've seen more formidable opponents that I think they'll be ready. Um, they'll be able to stay the course throughout the uh, the first four rounds of the tournament leading up to the final four. And I'm kind of banking on that. Um, it's a little more, it's a little more belief and faith um, and pride than anything else, but uh, I'm going to go down with my pick and just take Baylor out of, uh, out of that sake 
And uh, yeah, and and I think Duke's going to put up a good fight. I just think that they're going to go out as hard as they possibly can for Coach K, but I got Baylor prevailing. All right. And on the other side, you have Wisconsin and was it Arizona yeah. too? I'm sorry. Say that one more time. Sorry, yeah. I was right now. So yes. <laughs> yeah, so for Arizona and Wisconsin, you were saying? Yeah, I definitely got Arizona. Um, I completely concur everything you guys said about um, their team and their makeup. Uh, Wisconsin, for me, it was tough because I think them in Iowa is is one of the biggest um, contests in the Elite Eight. I think that's going to be like a really, really star-studded matchup. Um, I really like everything about Iowa, so that was really hard to choose. That was a really hard pick for me. But there's something about Wisconsin just having magic in the tournament. Um, I think that their backcourt, um, who, who, who's their star they have? He's, he's fantastic. I'm trying to think. He's like 6'8". For Arizona? Um, no, for Wisconsin. I'm blanking on his name. It's like it's a really simple name, too. But he, he's uh, been a John, star. Are you talking to Johnny, Johnny, uh, Johnny, Johnny, Johnny Davis? Johnny Davis, yeah. He's a guard. Yeah. Johnny, yeah. I, I watched the game against um, Indiana, the game against Michigan. Every time I'm, I'm on, on my TV screen, he's been lights out. He's been stellar. He's been able to uh, steady the ship for them. So I have a lot of faith in Wisconsin uh, prevailing over Iowa. And um, I just think they're going to be – having said all that, I still think they're going to be outmatched with Arizona. I think they're the best team in the country. So if you're putting Baylor and Arizona in the championship, I'm taking Arizona to win it all. Arizona winning it all. And why do you think that team would knock out the Baylor Bears? <laughs> um, I just think they're going to limit mistakes and um, capitalize on turnovers. I think that they're a little more imposing inside. Um, I think losing the starting center for Baylor is going to hurt them in this situation more than previous rounds. Um, you know, Duke's not as big and uh, Texas not, is not as big inside in the Eastern bracket. So I think that'll kind of come to bite them in the ass in the championship. Um, but I just love everything about Arizona. I just think they're the better team. All right. Love and respected. Well, gentlemen, this really was awesome. <laughs> we have our picks so, again, as I jotted down, I'm picking Gonzaga Bulldogs to win the championship. Brandon's picking Arizona, and Alex is picking Arizona as well. Only thing that diff- that is different is that Arizona will play Auburn for Brandon's side, and then Alex has Arizona playing um, Bale- Wait. Oh, Wisconsin. playing Wisconsin, excuse me. There you go. <laughs> so, great. It's good, great stuff. I'm really excited. Everybody did an incredible job. Brandon, you did fantastic. I'm excited to continue to do these with you. And Alex, as always, is a big part of the show. And yeah, it's March Madness, boys. Even if it's a great time. The, even if the first two weeks are more exciting to the country than the last two weeks, it's <laughs> yeah. still awesome for anyone who likes great <laughs> basketball. So yeah. it's going to be a great time, guys. So again, Brady Gutierrez, Alex Ranelio, thank you gentlemen for this. We will meet up in about a week and a half to see how f- accurate our Sweet 16s are, and then we'll go from there. So thank you so much, gentlemen. Yep, thank you. Thank you, Matt. Talk soon. Anytime. See you yep. later. See you soon.
Huge thumbs up. Alex, thank you for doing what you always do. Brandon, it was great to meet you. I really enjoyed it, and I hope we can do some more shows regarding the big dance as this tournament continues. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show on ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com. And don't forget to check us out in the world of social media. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast. We're on Twitter at ProdComboPod. We're on TikTok at Productive Conversations. We're back on Thursday, St. Patrick's Day. And it's a great guess. It is a guess we tried to get on before we weren't able to. And assuming things go well and he doesn't flake again, I hear that again part then we should have a great podcast regarding this guest. You do not want to miss it. It is definitely going to be a great show that I'm looking forward to recording tomorrow. And I think it's going to be really special. I really do. So do not forget about it. And you do not want to miss this productive conversation on Thursday the 17th. I hope everybody has a fun and safe and responsible St. Patrick's Day wherever you are. I hope everybody has a fun, safe, and responsible rest of the week. And you know I will be continuing my grinding, my hard work ethic, and my appreciation for all things career and being a good person. I just want to, again, put that out there. If anybody needs somebody who is a professional in podcasting and production and has an opportunity, let me know. Email me, mbrown3212 at gmail.com. I am looking for a new job in the world of production and broadcasting and or broadcasting, I should say. Again, just email me, mbrown3212, and we can go from there. This is the Productive Nations show, the best fan base in the world. Thank you for the constant support. I mean, we're really starting to grow following. The numbers don't lie, and words cannot uh, describe my appreciation. And I will be continuing to put out great quality podcasts for you, incredible productive conversations, and we will continue to grow this show together. I appreciate you all so, so much. My name is Matt Brown. I am the host of the Productive Conversations Podcast, and I will see you on Thursday. Enjoy March Madness, everybody. It's going to be a heck of a time. Peace.